Hello, and welcome to whatever this ends up being. <laughs> we haven't named it yet, but uh, we are just starting uh, an additional podcast. So in addition to North Point Plus, we're just doing some additional videos and teaching. Um, North Point Additional. North Point Additional, North Point Plus Plus. We haven't settled on the name. We're not great at that. What if we combine it to NORAD? Has that been taken? What's NORAD? Like North, North Point, Point Additional. additional. Oh, That's there good. Right, there it is. We right. could we could let's record that, in Colorado. Let's yeah, let's buy that URL real Colorado. quick. <laughs> Jake, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I feel like I don't even want to answer this one. <laughs> so this one's supposed to be serious, right? This podcast. It will be. We'll get there. Okay. Good. But we always have an element of humor. If it's if you don't have that, it's not really North Point. True. So we'll we'll keep that in. <laughs> uh, but we wanted to record uh, a podcast or some videos just answering some questions, some common questions about Christianity, about God, about church, about really anything. So if there's stuff that you guys have questions about, feel free to let us know. But we're just going to start off with uh, a pretty big question. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to talk through a little bit of the why, because um, obviously there's always questions out there, but why would we address these questions? Why would we do it together? Um, so, uh, you know, we've always talked about as our, our mission as our church is to help all people move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. And sometimes questions like this get in the way of people getting close to Jesus. And so if we can help in some small way answer those questions, we would love to do that. So, Rick, I don't know if there's stuff you want to add to that. Sometimes people think that their questions are not legitimate or that, that the church won't really take them seriously. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a, that's a great premise for what we're doing is it doesn't matter how big the question is or how small the question is. Um, if we've got questions, let's find the answers together. I, I've said for a long time, for, for eight years, I, I want North Point to be a place that's safe to ask questions where you can come and say, I don't get this. Can you help me understand? And I think that, that this is a great um, venue for us to be able to do that. I, I like that. I want to tag on, too, that sometimes some of these questions folks think, well, everybody already knows that. And right. so then they're intimidated of asking that question in yeah. a, a group's venue or maybe even a life group or uh, even to North Point Plus, you know, when, right. when questions come in. Right. So if we tackle some of those things that some people think, oh, everybody already, first, not everybody already knows right. this, you know. Right. So, right. but um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Everyone else has spoken. Jake, what do you, do you have words you want to say? <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking, do people really hold back from asking questions on North Point Plus? <laughs> I guess it depends on the topic. Yeah, they do. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. That's kind of a scary I, thought. Um, I I remember in a particular message, this is a while ago, it, I was talking about a basic concept and just took some time to explain it. And afterwards, somebody came up to me and said, I'm so glad um, that you did that mm. because... I think in in my lead into it, I said most people, or a lot of people know this because they've been around it, but maybe you don't. And they said, I didn't have a clue about that. Mm. So that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, I think it's, it's important for us. It's important for me, at least I'll speak for myself. I have found that the older I get, the more I grow my faith, the more the more I just ask questions anyway. Right. The more questions come up, and mm -hmm. so that's that might be what you find as you uh, explore a question, or especially as you listen to this podcast, is that more questions will probably pop up than we have answers to, and that's also okay. Um, and I think back to Chris, your message on communication that Jesus just asked a lot of questions. Yeah, asked uh, uh, three hundred eight questions yeah. in his three years that we have recorded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Far more than were asked of him, yeah. which I think is cool. Yeah. So, um, so that's yeah. So we might find that today, but the question. For today, the first question that we wanted to dive into um, is the question of what is God, um, which when you sit and think about for just a moment, 
I don't, <laughs> it's hard to answer off the cuff of, of what direction you go in. And so that's why I wanted to kind of preface the topic that there's a lot of specific topics that we'll probably go down into because to just answer what is God with, well, God is God <laughs> is, yeah. is one answer, but there's so many different facets that you can go down. So I don't know if you guys have a, a specific, you know, elevator pitch <laughs> that you use to answer this question. If someone asks, what is God that you dive into before we get into these other things? So I'll, I'll, I'll toss it to the floor and see what you guys have. Go for it, Jake. Mm. <laughs> You're getting called out a lot already on this one. <laughs> I feel, I feel hey, the pressure, yeah. Over here. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, uh, whenever somebody asks, you know, what is God, it's usually who is God mm -hmm. right, that yeah. we get most. I think what is God is a very important question as well. Mm -hmm. Who is, we kind of branch off of that. It always starts relational, mm. you know, because I think that's kind of the key component, at least uh, for me to understand who God is. It has to come in the context of relationship. Yeah. Because I think cultures and mankind for a lot of the history of the world has tried to figure out um, what is God at a distant level. But knowing that we have a unique thing and that God is truly relational, mm. so I always like to just start from there to be able yeah. to find out who is God. He's He's my God, number mm. one. So yeah, I think that's great. I think putting it in the context of how other religions answer the question of, well, God is that star, <laughs> God, right. God is this idol, whatever it might be, to have that tangible thing to point to and say, well, this is what God is, and that the God of Christianity is very different from that, right. that we can't point to a specific thing and say, well, this, the sun is God or the, the wind is God or whatever it might be. Um, and having that in a relational context is helpful. Yeah. Cause that's most people would probably start from the context of which God mm. as oh. well. Yeah. Like yeah. throughout history, that's always been the thing, which God, their God, my God <coughs> of the gods that I have, all of those things. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Good. That's great. Um, well, I thought I would just point us into scripture. Seems like a good place to start. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the question of what is God, um, the first thing that I could find in Scripture is that God just is. When it comes to the answer of, of, of what God is, who God is, God just is. God has always existed. Um, God is unique in who he is. There is nothing else like God. And so the, the first example I always go to um, is in Exodus 3 where Moses is talking to God. He encounters uh, God in the burning bush before God sends him into Egypt and Moses asks God, who do I say that you are? You know, when the Israelites ask who sent me, when the Egyptians ask who sent me, who do I say that you are? And we get that famous phrase from God, I am that I am. So Chris, can you unpack a little bit, <laughs> putting you on the spot, who? what does it mean? What does God mean when he says I am that I am? Is he just being redundant? Is he just being repetitive? Is he, is he speaking in riddles? What does that mean when God says I am that I am? No, it's, it's an interesting question and it's cool that it's captured in a story yeah. of, uh, of trying to uh, figure out a, a you know, for, for Moses to figure out how do I defend or how do I, uh, what's my credentialing for, for doing what I'm about to do, what you're telling me to do, who do I say you are? Yeah. And God doesn't give him the name Charlie or <laughs> Christ or Messiah or God. He gives him this descriptor, hmm. which is I am. And that, that, that Hebrew concept there is that, that idea that is I am everything you need. Hmm. I'm the fulfillment. Hmm. I am. I am enough. I am everything you need. You are, you have, you can be. So the fullness of however you want to say this, everything yeah. is found in God. So I, I, I don't know how Moses took that. Yeah. Like, well, that wasn't helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so okay. When, when I show up, and go, Pharaoh goes, and he goes, well, I am the, the God of everything, the, the yeah. one who created and controls and the sovereign. And, but it, I think it packages up all of that stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think it speaks to, again, th- in the context of the Egyptians who had many yep. gods yep. to come into that context and say, well, the I am sent me, the one who just is, mm-hmm. who is the full fulfillment of everything, he's the one that sent me, speaks a lot of power over that, which which we see over and over again in Exodus. And I would, I would drive that name back also to uh, that Genesis concept, like the first few words of Genesis, right? In mm. the beginning, God. God. Mm. Like that's its own contained, should be its own contained sentence. Yeah. In the beginning, God. Not yeah. in the beginning was God, although some of our English translations does that, but mm-hmm. it's just in the beginning, God. Yeah. Um, same as the I am concept. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. Uh, before we go farther, I've just been thinking um, s- sometimes when I have that question, I don't necessarily try and explain exactly what God is, but to clarify what God isn't mm. um, and that God isn't human. Um, that God isn't finite, um, that, again, Genesis 1, before there was time, God was, Mm -hmm. which we can't wrap our brains around because we can only think in linear time. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the concept of the the nature of God is that He is all-powerful, that He is all-knowing, that He is holy good, takes us to a place where we begin to try and have some understanding of, of who He is. Yeah. Most of the time we try and frame God in our own um, understanding, mm. and we can't because God's bigger than that. Yeah, I think that's an important—that's that's, that's usually the point that I try to start with, is that our, our default, again, is to try to point to things that God is like. Well, God is like this because He's powerful. God's like this because right. this is powerful. And really— that's that's part of what's in the I am statement is that there is nothing else like I am. Right. I am the right. only one that is the I am. Um, and so when you point to those things, they might carry elements of what God is like, but to really know what God is, who God is, God is the only one like God. Um, and that's important. Yeah. And, and he re- reiterates that a lot, through, especially throughout the Old Testament. You know, he talks about in Deuteronomy and Isaiah, I am God, there is none other like me. I am the only God, there is none other like me. So even though we, we manufacture these other gods and we worship idols and whatever it might be in our lives, really, at the end of the day, there is no other God right. other than the I am, um, which is a really cool concept. So. Um, so within that, um, one of the things you talked about, Chris, is that you know God is this this full fulfillment of everything, and so part of what God is, part of who God is, is His self sufficiency. Um, that God, you, you know, you talked about Rick about how God outside of time has always existed yeah. um, before time, and so that kind of leads to some some five dollar words <laughs> um, um, of God's imminence and His transcendence. So Rick, can you unpack a little bit of of what those college level words mean <laughs> yeah um <laughs> let, let me let me uh make sure um god's imminence has to do uh, and that's not like imminent like it's going to happen right away right. but bigger than that um that god is completely distant from us that that he is holy above us that he really is the god of the universe that that we can worship and revere. Mm. Um, that's that sense of imminence. Mm-hmm. Um, transcendence means that God is among us. Mm-hmm. That it's the at Christmas we say all the time, "Oh yeah, um, Emmanuel, God with us." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Jesus. That, that's God. God um, 
with skin on in Jesus, but there is this sense that God is among us as well. And um, I think when you look at uh, religions in general, um, there tends to be a a desire for religions to focus on one or the other. That God is either so distant that um, that we can never achieve, you know, that we've got to work to do all that, and that God's just so far away from us that, you know, if you think about the Greeks, the gods lived on Olympus, um, d- completely separate from people. Um, but the transcendence is, in our culture, people try and shape God into whatever they want. So they say, oh, I want God to be this, I want God to be that, I want... Beca- and, and there's this sense of commonness to, to God. And the cool thing about, about God is that He's both. He is imminent and He is transcendent. He is the God of the heavens, and He's the God who lives inside us as well in the, in the form of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that, I think, is one of the coolest things about Christianity is being able to work with and wrestle with that balance of that God is totally other, God is totally unlike, and through Jesus, God is so much like and is so yeah. close and so with us. And so, Jake, I don't know if you want to talk about what it what it's like as a follower of Jesus to wrestle with that knowing that God is so distant, so other, so unlike, and yet at the same time is perfectly with us in that. Right. I think <clears throat> what pops in my head immediately uh, is the verse, Woe am I, a man of unclean lips. Mm. Isaiah right. 6. Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah sees God, and in that moment, I think he captures all of that. Yeah. He is in the actual presence of God. God is actually with him, yep. and he is blown away by that because he recognizes this is not anything like ever yeah. before. This is so far mm. beyond me. You know, Going a little bit back to the I am statement, I think what's so cool to me is when God comes out and says, I am, it's a reminder to me that I am not. Mm-hmm. And so it's that ability to look and say, oh my goodness, man, this is this, this imminence of who God is just shows this gap that I could never make on my own, mm. right? Like that's the whole point of Jesus is because God is so far beyond us, I could never make it on my own. But yet the transcendence, there's Jesus coming right there to bring me mm. to have that personal relationship. Yeah. That's incredible. Like that's yeah. just a beautiful thing. And it's just, yeah. you see gospel all throughout that right away. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great point. So this brings up uh, an interesting question that I wanted to, to pose to you guys. So knowing that, Rick, you mentioned that God is not human. So we know that God is not physical. God is a, there, there's He's a being, yeah. Spirit. He, he is a being. He exists. I think it's in John 4. 4 talks about God is spirit. Um, and so I, I've shared often that I come from a very traditional background in church. And so one of the things that I was taught very young in Sunday school was you don't draw pictures of God. You can't have an image that represents God because that becomes an idol. There's no there's no visual representations of who God is because there's nothing like God. So what are our thoughts on that? Should we have, like if you look at the Renaissance, you have Michelangelo and Da Vinci painting pictures of God and representing him in that way. Are those, are those idols? Should we have those? Discuss. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk for uh, a bit on that. I don't think it's a bad thing to try and express um, our understanding of who God is because I think that that helps us. The danger is that we then limit our understanding of God to whatever that is. Um, again, if you think in terms of world religions, yeah. they'll, they'll say, oh, yeah, God is the form of this particular object, yeah. and it doesn't matter what the object is, and that God is then confined to that time and place and image. Um, it's easy for for me. 
growing up, I, I can remember uh, re- reflecting back uh, um, a particular image of Jesus mm. that was compelling to me that in my mind, that was Jesus. And the danger in that is that you, that you miss um, the other aspects of who God is sure. that are not captured in that particular image, whatever that is. Um, so I, I don't think that it's a bad thing at all. I think that's actually a, a kind of cool thing to express. But, but the, the Jews, the Hebrews, they were very adamant to say, we're not even going to say his name mm. because we don't want to confine our understanding of who he is. God is so much bigger than anything that we can put down, you know, that we can draw, that we can create, that we can do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good point. I mean, if you're, if you're looking in your Bibles, especially in the Old Testament, and you see the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's typically when they would replace the name of God with the abbreviated name of God. Right. Because to even write the name of God, it was too holy to even capture it writing. Right. And it's, I mean, if you go back and even look at how the scribes would copy manuscripts, it was very, like, they had to be totally clean. They would wash themselves. They had to pay perfect attention to what they were writing when they would write the name of God because to even be distracted in that moment was considered something that would make you unclean. So all of the care that went around that um, to try to preserve that tr- um, that eminence of God, no, that this transcendence. God is yes, God yes, transcends yes, the everything. Yeah, the, of, of they got that um, is, is huge, and so it brings up um, the discussion that I've seen. Again, I come from that traditional background, so a lot of my my friends and family come from that background as well. The discussion that's been having now is, you know, you have this the chosen series, the TV series that's going on, and you have an actor portraying Jesus. So, Chris, is are we? Are we making an idol out of this actor because he's portraying he's portraying who Jesus is in that moment and he's acting in that way? Is there concern with that? Is it not a big deal? What are your thoughts? Are you asking me, do I have concern with that? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. The but short answer. As we're talking, it's just interesting because as we think of, uh, I'm thinking Old Testament specifically, yeah. uh, God appears in many different forms. Mm. So whether it's a pillar of fire at night to lead the right. Jews or whether it's a, a cloud during the day, God's right. presence was often described as this this cloud settling on that temple. I mean, so um, we get this crazy story where uh, 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 Moses wants to see God's face, and God says, you can't handle my face, Yeah, but I'll show you my backside, and you just decide what you think that means. But he gave him a glimpse of something more yeah. than just some yeah. floaty spirit. I mean, I don't, so I don't know what that is. I just, I just wonder how much that plays into this conversation, that God wasn't um, terrified of revealing himself in these different forms, yeah, and yet the Jews didn't idolize that. They didn't make some kind of an idol right. out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get into Psalms, there's all kinds of of word pictures mm. of God, yep. from Mother Hen to Strong Tower, Strong Tower to span, universe in the span of His hand. I mean, right. and, and all of those are just bits and pieces of uh, of uh, of the fullness or whatever. Yeah. So we all, we've all heard that story that uh, whatever guys touching pieces of an elephant and they don't know oh, what it is because right. they can only grab pieces of it, right? So yeah. they have all these different descriptors in their head and they're all wrong because right. the picture's not complete. They just get a chunk. There's something beautiful about that. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, as we talk and as we're thinking about this issue, I, I want to bring back to the, the, the reality that God is knowable, mm. absolutely knowable, but he's not all knowable. Like we can't know right. everything about him. And yeah. so this this is helpful to me in counseling work because often... The question that gets asked is, why? Why, God? Why did you? Why are you? Why haven't you? Just the why questions. 
And, and for me personally, coming back to the, if I could answer all the why questions, mm-hmm. then God wouldn't be God. Because mm-hmm. there are just things that God, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't mean he's not knowable. Right. So this, right. this right. tension between, the, and that's really what we're, what we're kind of talking yeah. around, that tension between. So. Right. so the Chosen, I don't know. The Chosen series, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, I, and I, yeah, and, I, and I God was comfortable sending Jesus down in some sort of physical form. Right. He looked like a dude. Right. There is a physical form of Jesus. Yeah. And we can guess we can guess pretty well what it looked like. Right. It's not European Jesus. I had that little picture when I was a kid in my King James Bible, European Jesus. But yep. <laughs> but Middle Eastern, you know, 30-year-old. I mean, we can kind of guess what that hair and body type and skin tone and Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I helped anything. I'll, here, I'll I'll go on record as saying I think the chosen is a great thing. Yeah. Because it helps us understand. Um, who Jesus was, how God works and interacts with us. Right. Is it perfect? No. Is it at the level of the gospel? No, uh, in terms of Scripture. But it really does help. And I think um, as someone who has um, some background in theater and production stuff, yeah. anyone who portrays Jesus or is the voice of God for any kind of production, it 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 messes with you in a really good way because you have to try and think, how can I communicate this? Man, it's just so far above me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say to that, <clears throat> I was actually in yeah, Easter play. I, I was going to say, what, what, what was <laughs> your part, Jesus? Jesus? That was the other side, <laughs> though. Yeah, I was Satan in that play, so I don't know what this conversation <laughs> means for my well-being anymore. I'm a little concerned over here and ready to move on, guys. That's why you're at that side yeah. of the table. Oh, man. This is actually an intervention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do think in relation to the conversation and not like my soul now, um, <laughs> there is something to me on the idea that the Bible begins with God creating. Yeah. And so the idea of being able to ask this question of, hey, is it bad to create things to represent God? God created things that represented mm-hmm. God. Yeah. You know, so all of the things that he created, they don't, like as Chris would say, it's not, it's not all of who God is, is in the ocean when he created the ocean, but right. there's a piece of who God is in that creation. Right. And I think recognizing when we watch a show or we look at art or yeah. music or whatever it may be, like, man, there's, there could be a piece of that. Mm. Not always, right? Like not everything that mentions yeah. God is going to be like this biblical reflection of who God is, right. but a piece of that. So it's just an aspect of God that you're clinging to in yeah. some ways. Well, I think it's, it's, it's even helpful for us of, to bring in, I mean, how we look at the Bible as a whole. I mean, when we look at the Old Testament, you can look at the story of Joseph, and Joseph is a type of Jesus. Joseph's story points to Jesus. What do you mean by a type? A type. So <laughs> you might have to help with the full definition, but basically a, a type would be uh, something that kind of represents that person. So when we're talking about yeah. a type of Jesus, Joseph isn't Jesus, but he is a type of Jesus. His story, his actions, the outcome of his story points toward Jesus. So the example would be, um, a really clear example would be Moses is another type. So Moses delivers the people of Israel out of slavery, just like Jesus brings us out of the slavery yeah. of sin. Um, and so Joseph is also a type, and in that story, Joseph isn't the totality of who Jesus is. He's a part of that points to who Jesus is. And so as long as we're looking at the chosen in that way, that this doesn't tell the full story of who Jesus is, this isn't literally Jesus in the flesh, but this helps point me toward the full Jesus. Yeah. There's probably a benefit in that. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the, the next part of, of, of what is God, uh, uh, an important, uh, I would say an essential part of that is discussing God as the Trinity. 
um, that God isn't just God that is distant. This this podcast just has real simple questions, really right? entry level <laughs> things that theologians like, have yeah. not been debating for. Nose goes on Trinity. I'm just saying right now, guys. <laughs> nose goes on Trinity. <laughs> Let's edit this, way. this is where we pass it off to the audience. <laughs> what do you guys think? Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, so, Chris, you just nominated yourself. What what when we say that God is triune? Yep. What that mean? <laughs> Uh, so I'm a guy that can hold uh, two seemingly different ideas uh, in his head at the same time, like children. Little children can do that, right? Yeah. That's why little kids can believe in Santa and not Santa at the same time mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Yeah. Fantasy and not fantasy and both can be. So I'm a child. Uh, I think I just wanted to say that <laughs> for Jake's benefit. It's clear. You know, this the, the word Trinity is not mentioned in the scripture anywhere. We've right. got to start there. Wait, so. what? I know. That'll be something unbiblical? Check it out. Google it. It's not in the Bible anywhere. The word Trinity. But this concept of how God expresses himself. So, so you know, just so we're clear, like, orthodox theology for Christians, we believe in one God, not multiple gods. Right. Yeah. And yet he expresses himself in three personhoods. Now, here we go. We're going to hold these two things at the same time, these three yeah. personhoods of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Co-equal. Not one is not better than the other or different or more powerful or whatever. And yet we do get this concept of uh, what, what theologians call sending order. Hmm. I think we find this borne out in Philippians 2, 1 or 2. You'll have to yep. check that for me. Of uh, God sent Jesus and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And that's not a ranking, mm-hmm. but there is some element of submission in that process. I'm right. getting way deeper probably than what you're asking no, for. No, it's good. But, um, uh, you know, a couple decades of youth ministry trying to give pictures of what the Trinity is. And you yeah. use all these different pictures from forms of water, ice, steam to the egg to the tennis shoe to uh, talk about the egg for no second. they're all terrible none well. of them like we've just been talking about like yeah. like none of them really get at the full picture yeah but an egg you got a shell and a yolk and whatever the white, the white stuff is yeah. called oh, okay yeah um but it's one egg but it's three but but see, right. those are three distinct parts. You can separate those parts. Right. And there's we, an end to the eggshell. And when we talk about God, it's just not as clean like that. Right. Now, Jesus and God, for a time, were in two different places. Right. Right. So they're, they, there's talking to each other, which is complicates the yeah. analogy. Right. But um, but that's how we would articulate it. Did I? What did I miss? Big uh, words. They yeah. The, there. the the way I talk about it is, um, God. Uh, Jesus describes God as Father. Jesus as the Son, it, He is God with flesh on. Um, he's He is the the God come to earth, born in the form of a baby, mm-hmm. lived for us, and the Holy Spirit is God living in us. If we choose to follow Jesus, give Him complete control of our lives. So there's, in a sense, kind of three different functions. Mm-hmm. Functions is not even really the right word, but three. Um, there is. God, who's um, transcendent overall, yep. Jesus, who was confined to a body for those 33 years, and then ascended back into heaven, and will be in heaven with God, but separate together. That, right. yeah, yeah. And the Holy Spirit, who Jesus sent to come live in us, to, sh- to lead us into truth, to show us right from wrong, yeah. to guide us through the process, to draw us... Um, to God on an everyday basis. Yeah. And so there's, there's a sense in which um, 
the function of of each aspect of God yeah. accomplishes different kinds of things. Yeah, the way the way I describe it is each each person of the Trinity, and when we when we say person, mm-hmm. we tend to picture you know the silhouette of a person, the human flesh, person to have a face, and that's not what we mean with the Trinity. We mean person as in like unique, distinct person with with personality. personality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so Attribute. within within yeah. each mm. person of the Trinity, there is a role that that right. person fulfills. So you have the role of the Father, the role of the Son, the role of the Spirit, right? And there is perfect unity within that, and there's also distinct personality that, like, there's scripture that talks about. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is grieved; his person feels grief because of the sin that you might commit. And obviously, like, you have Jesus in the garden praying to the Father. So it's mm-hmm. not Jesus praying to himself as right. God. He's distinctly praying to the Father. And so you have this really complex, mm-hmm. weird, nothing else like it, but also perfect unity within the Trinity. It's just, it's it's truly, it's it goes back to that God is knowable, but not fully knowable right. of and, how And mysterious works. at the same. Well, Matthew 4 is an, in, I think it's Matthew 4, uh, when Jesus uh, gets baptized. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. an interesting concept because you see all three at at yeah, play at the right. same time, and so yeah. we often go to that to talk about the concept of Trinity, yeah. right? Because God is speaking about Jesus. This is my Son, and whom I will please listen to Him. Right? Yeah. Jesus is in the water getting baptized, which is a whole other podcast, probably, yeah. of why that happened. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit comes down in the form oh, of a dove. At least yeah. that's how they explained what they saw. Right? Was it a real bird floating down? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not convinced. I just think that that's how. Uh, you know, Matthew explains it. Yeah. Oh, the Holy Spirit came down. It kind of looked like a dove thing, <laughs> like a sort of. Yeah. And uh, and so then you have these three components there, and they yeah. and they each have their own separate. I, I'm okay with the word function. Yeah. Or role. Yeah. But um, but we're all trying to not border on the different heretical leans. Right. Right. Of completely separate, not unified, or really just like one was God and the other two were like little chunks or spirit yeah. functions or cuz that's not true. Right. So that's just a it's a little bit of a tightrope to And and I think if you're watching this and you're thinking this doesn't make any sense to me. I, how me can neither. It, how, how how can it be <laughs> 3 but 1? Um I I would just go back to say um it goes back to that sense uh, you said it knowable but not but we can't understand completely and that God is so much above his creation mm. that if we could understand it all, he wouldn't be God, would be God. Mm. Um, he, I think at some point in time in eternity, we'll go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But we're still on this side trying to grasp it with minds that we have that are limited. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I'm not, while well, none of the... Illustrations of it, you know, egg, water. Uh, we've. I want to hear the tennis shoe one. I've I never heard the tennis, the tennis shoe one. <laughs> that's that's a North Point plus plus plus. <laughs> that's paid subscription <laughs> to get the Platinum tennis shoe edition. Trinity. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but uh, it, we've used uh, uh, the analogy of like a like a man is a husband, father, and a and a child or whatever. Like Son, uh, yeah. none of these are good. I mean, yeah, none right. of these are great, but none of them are are bad either. Mm-hmm. So like, if that helps you. Just try to contain the concept in your brain. I don't think that that's a bad thing. If you recognize, right. hey, I know it's not perfect, right. but it helps me hang on to this. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the, sometimes the question I get asked is, well, who do I pray to? Mm. Yes. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to say it doesn't matter because that's probably not a fair answer, you know, sure. but um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you pray to God. Yeah. yeah. Jake, who do you pray to? <laughs> 
Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> the tennis shoe. The tennis shoe. The tennis shoe. <laughs> Only when I'm wearing tennis shoes. Oh, <laughs> that's the... But does that make sense? I yeah. mean, I, I, somebody else correct me if I don't want to get too far down the theological yeah, I think, nightmare train, but... I think, I think the important thing to recognize, I, I, I can't remember who hit on it, someone hit on it, that there is a point where you start to get into the the weird or the, the heretical understanding and, and heretical... I don't know, Rick, if you want to define heretical <laughs> of what that would mean. But my understanding would be a heretical belief would be something that would keep you from understanding or believing in the one true God. Is that a, is that a yeah, fair I, way of putting it? I think I would I would define heresy without going to the <laughs> quick dictionary.com um, as something that attacks a core foundational um, understanding of who God is and what Scripture teaches. Yeah. Um, yep. It's not. We're not talking about um, what we call secondary theology. Mm-hmm. We're talking about heresy. Would be to say, oh no, Jesus is um, completely separate from God. Mm-hmm. Jesus was just a man. He didn't. He did not have any divine nature to him at all. That would yeah. be heresy. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and so that actually gets. I mean, to to get nerdy with church history, um, one of the first heresies that was that's what we could call the podcast: getting, nerdy with getting nerdy, nerdy with, with church history. history. Yeah, I'm in. That'll, that'll sound I'm like in. hotcakes. <laughs> um, one of the first heresies officially addressed by the church was this idea connected to the Trinity of the divinity of Jesus. Was Jesus actually God, or was he a created being that eventually attained divinity, or was just a really wise person? Um, And so it it is important to know, to a certain extent, the Trinity, and to to understand that. Again, not to the point that, you know, we've got it all figured out, we can fully explain it, but to avoid that danger of, of... of stepping into that heretical belief of you know maybe Jesus wasn't right fully God that he was or that he was not even human that he was just the spirit right. that yes. that yeah, the, lived yeah. and, and we would say that that's heretical because it's not what the Bible says like the right. Bible is is clear about some things and yet the Bible doesn't uh, you know God as he orchestrates the writing down of Scripture yeah. doesn't feel it necessary to explain this in such clear terms that the right. child can understand it here right. I think there's something really cool about that. Yeah, like, yeah. it's okay. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna muddle through this. We're yeah. gonna think, have thoughts, have discussions. Yep. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit for a little bit because I think out of all of the persons of the Trinity, the Father we tend to understand very well. Yep. That's, that's it's very clearly sure. taught throughout the Old Testament that that God is God. It's affirmed in the New Testament. God is you know, there's the Father, and the Son is obviously this tangible example that we can, like, literally in in the New Testament, when they were they were seeing Jesus, they touched Jesus, they lived life with Jesus. That's a very tangible example. We understand that. And then the Holy Spirit is just so <laughs> weird. <laughs> and we often end up treating the Holy Spirit, I think, uh, commonly in the church, we just treat the Holy Spirit kind of just like the power of God, mm-hmm. but not as a person of God. So maybe I'm just throwing that out there to see... Maybe you think, Mark, you're crazy. No one does that. No, I, I, I grew up I grew up in a um, tribe of the church that was very uh, that the emphasis was on intellectually understanding God, mm-hmm. study of scripture, um, content, knowledge was really critical. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit, well, like when I was young, we never talked about the Holy Spirit at all. Um, and and so, working through that to understand that the Holy Spirit 
is our, Jesus called him our comforter mm. and our companion, our guide. Mm. Um, that's, a, that's a very different kind of a role than just cast off to the side to say, right. oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of prompt something in your mind here or there right. um, as you read Scripture. I, I can remember actually being taught at one point that the Holy Spirit's job in our life was to, to take Scripture that we knew yep. and, and, and apply it, and that was it. Yep. And I don't think that that's it at all. There's a very different image of someone who walks with you day by day, who uh, laughs at the stuff that you laugh at, who says, danger, Will Robinson, you know, don't go there. That, um, you know, that's, that's scary stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think that understanding that God lives in us in the form of the Holy Spirit because God cares about us so much, yeah. that's, ju- that's just an incredible, that's a completely different mind-blowing kind of concept. Right. One last thing before anybody else talks about the Holy Spirit, because I have the mic and I'm talking right now. <laughs> um, the, I think when we talk about God as Father, yeah. there is a tremendous danger in our culture especially to have this picture of God that He's distant. You know that right. uh, that he's he's the one who works all day, comes home, sits in the recliner, and says yes, dear, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's not the picture of God at all. The right. picture of God is a very engaged father who plays with his kids, who does discipline his kids, but he's very um, he's very engaged in yeah. in us. Um, and for people who have had a bad experience, a bad image, a bad model in their father, that's a hard thing to know that that there is that God is Father. And I would just say this: um, the Father that you always wanted—that's that's just a little tiny image of who God is. Mm. The the like when you were with your friends and you thought, "Man, why can't I have a dad like that?" Mm. God is. God is what you're, yeah. uh, he, he's the one who can fill that void. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that it's probably worth talking about a little more. So Jake, I'll pass it off to you. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how radical it was for Jesus to call God the Father in in that culture where God was seen yeah. as this distant person that we are meant to appease. That's, what, that's how we do life. We live life the best we can. And for Jesus to come in and call God Abba, literally daddy, which it like makes people cringe when you call it God, yeah. daddy God. But like that's the literal translation is that kind of almost cringe but very intimate level of yeah. love between the son and the father. And that's the same thing that we are invited to do. Like how radical was that? Yeah, it was almost like at that time uh, it felt probably radical, almost a belittling. Yeah. Right? Like that was the major. Heretical. Was it would, they would, yeah, they <laughs> said it was heretical. Right. Like the fact that Jesus claimed to be God and claiming to be the son of God both was like, dude, what are you doing? You're so far off base. We've right. got thousands of years. We of know who your mom and dad are. Right. <laughs> yeah. We can go back and look. Like, come on, we have the census info. And, and so I think that was a big part of it. It was just this idea of for them, I mean, that's so incredibly belittling. But the whole point of when Jesus came is he was saying, no, this is actually freeing, mm-hmm. unlike mm-hmm. anything you've ever experienced before, yeah. to know that you have a good father that, that, that loves you, that cares for you, that provides for you, that protects you, that teaches you, that disciplines you. Mm. Like that is an incredible concept that really Jesus helped open up eyes. Uh, and it's like anything else, uh, as you're teaching something that is eye-opening, mm. you're going to meet resistance, right? right? Yeah, you're changing culture, you're changing whatever. And 
obviously Jesus met lots of resistance, uh, <laughs> but he did what Jesus does, and that's he brought change in an yeah, incredible yeah. manner. Um, I do want to jump on the Holy Spirit. Can I do that? Yeah. Let's cool. jump around. Let's jump on the Holy Spirit again. <laughs> I, I, went, I, I thought that's what we were yeah. talking yeah. about, and then Rick I'm hijacked sorry, everything. <laughs> Man, um, the one thing to me that always stands out about the Holy Spirit is the Scripture that says how he groans for us. Yeah. As in our prayers, like when we don't know what to say to God mm, yeah. in prayer, mm. the Spirit intervenes and goes in with groanings. And it's like, man, yeah. that is the most incredible thing because I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many times when I'm talking to God, I, I don't know yeah. in, in hard situations yeah. where I love both parties that are hurting one another. Yeah. What do I pray for? Mm. What do I do in that right. situation when I am lost and confused and I don't know what the next step I'm supposed to take in my life is? What do I do yeah. when I'm caught in my own grief and I don't know what to do? How do I pray? And to know that the Spirit of God yeah. has my back in that yeah, and, and communicates yeah. in a loving manner. That's that the, amazing. That, that passage in Romans is pro- like, that's such a comforting passage to me because right after that, that is where Paul says that it's by this that we know that all things work together for good right. for those who right. love the Lord. And it, the picture that Paul gives is that as you are struggling with something, that the Trinity actually has a conversation about you, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit talk about, like, hey, Rick is going through this thing. Like, how can we minister to Rick? How do we pull Rick through this? How do we get Rick through that? And after that, we get the promise. All things work together for good for those that love the Lord. And that is, like, such a beautiful picture of the Trinity, the work that they have in our lives, the sovereignty of God over that, like... God's God, that's really cool. <laughs> I don't yeah. fully understand it, but like, what a cool picture of who God is. Yeah. Okay, so this brings me to a question of, there are different religions that claim to worship the same God. So you have Mormonism that talks about they worship God the Father, they worship Jesus the Son, they'll talk about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, you have Jehovah's Witness that basically echoes uh, the same principles. We worship God the Father. Um, Jesus was this created being that is um, kind of worthy of worship because of what he did. We're saved through Jesus. So how do we reconcile? And and, and even in Judaism, you have the Jews that do worship the same God. So how do we reconcile and work through this people claiming to worship the same God? How do you define that? How do you work through that? Chris, what do you think? <laughs> what what question are you asking? Yeah, Which of lot. those? There's uh, a lot in there. <clears throat> yes, yes. There are other uh, <laughs> groups who have differing views yeah. of who God is. Uh, the All the groups you mentioned uh, don't have the same God. They use the word God. Mm. Islam would use the word God. Right. Yeah, that's another great example. Very different God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, certainly digging into what they mean yeah. by that is helpful. Um, if that's something that, you know, you're into or you have friends or family who are like, oh, I'm this and I'm this and it's all the same. It's just one big happy hodgepodge of God. But those, those descriptors of God within those religious systems are very different. So even as we've talked about that God is knowable or that God is relational or that God is caring, well, that's not, that's not the God of Islam. Mm. He's very unknowable and very, um, I'd use the word capricious, they would say, on Allah's whim is mm. kind of how they would use that phrase. But So they're just very different. It's very different than what the Bible describes mm. as God. I don't know if this is the question you're asking, no, but that's yeah, the answer I'm giving. It's, it's, that is a good discussion point because I think that that context of 
especially in our culture, that, you know, all roads lead to heaven. Right. It's just God by a different name, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, all of this stuff, all roads lead to the same. They're just calling it by different names. Right. And is th- is that what we're taught in Scripture? Is that the Christ- the Orthodox Christian belief, if we're using that terminology? I'd, I'd throw out before Rick jumps in. I'd just throw out if, if you're talking to... you f- know I was going <laughs> to... I could hear the Holy Spirit moving <laughs> in this space. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to assume this is more than just an intellectual debate knowledge. Like someone just wants to know how to debate it. But like you've got friends, you've got family right. who are um, M- Mormon, Islamic, I-, I-, I don't know, whatever, you know, right. um, Orthodox Jew... And, and they're going, oh, it's all the same. Uh, I would just ask the question, d- describe God. Tell me your understanding of how, who God is, how your system describes God. Yeah. That's a great starting point. Take notes and then spend some time in your, in your Bible going, okay, is this, is this how the Bible describes God or not? Yeah. And I'd suggest it isn't. So, yeah. I, I, was, I was just going to say, I'd, I think I'd probably take a different approach to the question in that... Um, Augustine's not scripture, but Augustine talked about the God-shaped hole that we all have in our life. Mm. And I think that that's true. That's not just true of people who become followers of Jesus. Everybody has this. God made us as his creation with this desire for him. And so um, I I think in any religion, they are pursuing the one true God. But anything that God does, Satan distorts. Mm-hmm. And, and so if Satan is able to distort the image, our understanding of who God is, mm-hmm. and say, oh, if you follow this aspect, oh, if you, you know, if you just beat yourself up over and over again, then you'll be pleasing to God. Um, in reality, the, there, there are two separate issues. One is the nature of who it is that you worship. Mm-hmm. And the other is the approach that you take in order to express that worship, in, yeah. in order to have a relationship, any kind of relationship with him. And, and I would just say that there are radically different mm. systems that have been designed to have you interact with God. And, and the great thing about Scripture is that mm-hmm. God reveals himself to us in Scripture um, this is probably our next podcast, right? Can we trust the Bible as God's <laughs> revelation for us? Um, but Scripture says this is who God is. This is the character of God, yeah. the, um, the stuff that we've talked about. And this is how you come to him um, by faith through, you know, th- through the grace of Jesus, um, that that's how we can relate to him and that we don't have to do all this other stuff that is that's just becomes burdensome. Right. Um, and so... The, uh, like I, I probably won't get in a fight over. Oh no, that's not the same God. I, I, I would probably kind of go where you were going, Chris, in in terms of saying, okay, tell me about tell me about who God is, and where that image came from. If that image was created by man, that's a different kind of deal than what Scripture says. And and frankly, you know, when you talk about um, uh, about Judaism, that is. God, mm-hmm. because that's uh, it. It's out of the context of the Jewish law that Jesus, that the type of right. Jesus, that Jesus comes to to right. be our our perfect sacrifice for our sins. Yeah. Everything in Judaism set the set the table for Jesus to come, right. and for us to experience forgiveness and, and a relationship with God that He designed from the beginning. But in the Judaic um, framework. 
the way that you interact with God is radically different mm-hmm. than than um, what mm-hmm. the New Testament teaches in terms of how Jesus changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, just to piggyback a little bit off of what you're saying here, Rick, and, and Chris, you hit this too, and I think it's important to just really clarify um, so many times when Satan tries to trick us, deceive us, it's not to the opposite, but to the adjacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and so like... Uh, Just a little ooh, shift. That's a sticker right, right a there. Sticker. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> not the opposite, not Come the but the adjacent. <laughs> uh, one of the, A story that's like told in my family all the time that we laugh about is before I was born, um, my family went out to Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. and there's the big uh, church... I I wish I could. What's the name of Mormon it? Tabernacle. Mormon Tabernacle. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Uh, you can get tours in there. And so they went through, and apparently they've got these different uh, rooms or hallways, and like it's the Old Testament. And so it's beautifully decorated to like represent the books of the Old Testament. And then you walk into the New Testament, and it's beautifully decorated to represent the books of the New Testament. And then they were going to take my family into the Book of Mormoni right yeah. after that, which is beautifully decorated and all that. And my grandfather stops our whole family. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're not going in there. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? So the tour is coming in with Mormon. He's like, no, 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 it ends right here. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going any farther out. And so yeah. he actually had to take a whole backtracking route to get out with the family. <laughs> Turns around and looks at it, and it's got an angel on top of the building. Yeah. <clears throat> and he looks at my brother, who's a little kid at this time, and he says, Denny, look, there's Gabriel. The tour guy goes, no, that's actually Mormon. I, he goes, no, it's Gabriel. <laughs> like, walks away, right? <laughs> and it's just funny. Like, we laugh about that, like the personality stuff. But there is something to the idea. And, and Chris, you hit on it. Rick, you hit on it. Uh, can we trust scripture? Mm, yeah. That's ultimately what it all comes back to. Right. And, and we'll have to do that podcast because if you want to be able to find out what is what is orthodox, what is true, what is right, it all goes back to scripture. Yeah. why we care right. so much about it. It's why we have these podcasts and right. these talks because it yeah. all has to go back to the word of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think that that's a, a natural segue to probably our last section for the discussion today, which would be from scripture, how, what does God tell us about himself? Specifically, you know, the attributes of God. And this is uh, wide open. Um, I think the, the starting point for me uh, is always the holiness of God. Um, it's, it's the one attribute of God. You know, Scripture, uh, in, in the ancient language, the way that you would emphasize a, a phrase or a term would be to repeat it. Um, and the one f- word that is repeated about God three times, so it gets the triple emphasis, is the holiness of God, that God is holy, holy, holy. So however holy you think God is, he's holier than that, and he's even holier than that. And that is, that's the level that's, that God describes his own holiness. Um, so when it comes to God's holiness... What does that mean? <laughs> Rick, what is the holiness of God? I was just going to turn the question on Mark and ask yeah, him. Yeah, you answer, answer Mark. Are we in agreement? It's all in favor? To, it's yeah. easy to host because I just pick on you guys. <laughs> I don't need to know anything. I just have to ask good questions. Good. <laughs> um, hol- holiness is a concept that's just, it's, uh, it's without flaw. There, you know, there's no error. It's, it's wholly good. Um, all of the all of the junk that exists in the world in our lives, hmm. none of that's in God. Hmm. Um, his love is perfect. His discipline is perfect. Yeah. His um his foresight, his ability to see into the future is perfect. Yeah. His holiness is without without any kind of um, error. Yeah. Um, which again. That's hard for me to wrap my brain around. I'd add, and because of those things, it sets him apart. Yes, and that's that that we've talked about transcendence or other otherliness or 
or whatever. So he's different from his creation while he created creation and he, he, he fills creation. He is part of creation. He is also separate mm-hmm. right, and different from creation. So yeah. his yeah. holiness is, is those two aspects. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you have a God and this, I mean, we've had this discussion kind of, we circled around it with mm. transcendence and imminence, but if God is perfectly holy, which means he's, he's wholly other, wholly separate, and there's there's some scripture that alludes to like their sin can't even really exist in the presence Be of in God his presence, because of yeah. his holiness. How do you have a God that's so holy that he sends himself into the presence of sin <laughs> to take care of sin for us, which would would speak to another attribute of God, which would be his his mercy or his love. Right. Um, so Jake, uh, yeah, talk about you know you have this God that's perfectly holy. There's no error. Everything that he does is perfect and right and good. And because of that, no evil can really exist because his holiness is so overwhelming. And then you have that that same God <laughs> coming to exist amongst <laughs> evil yeah. and wickedness and sin. Yeah, it, it almost chokes you up a little bit. Like I'm just yeah. listening to you talking little. about that, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's that idea of it's so much easier. Like we want to put layers to stuff. Mm. Like, oh, God's top layer would be his holiness. Right. And under that, he's got his, his justice. Mm-hmm. And under that, he's got love. And under that, he's got all these other things. Um, and I think the best way is we were talking about holiness. Uh, for me to describe it is not to say that God has met the perfect standard of justice or love mm-hmm. or mercy or grace, but yet God is the standard mm-hmm. of what is mm-hmm. grace and mercy right. and love and all those things. So a God who is completely without sin but is the absolute standard of what love is, mm. is the only one capable enough to send his son down and to step into sin and take upon sin yeah. because it's the perfect perception of what love is. Yeah. Um, and it, it's an incredible, beautiful thing that without it, like there's, there's no hope. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's no point. There's right. nothing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never expressed it in this way, so I don't know if this is a good image or not. Heresy. But I'm, 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 Heresy. I'm, I'm sitting <laughs> here buzzer. thinking that when you talk about the perfection of God, the holiness of yeah. God, I think as a, as a, um, student, my goal was always 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I want to get an A+. Plus. I don't want any red on the paper, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and when, when I did that... Sorry, Jake and I just had this moment where we both thought we were just happy to pass. <laughs> no, no. D's for diploma, Rick. I yeah, don't know I don't. what you're talking about. So I didn't mean to, to take that moment <laughs> away there, but <laughs> like Jake I said, and I couldn't I, get I, past it. I don't know it, that so. the image works all that well, but, <laughs> but when I did that, there was this feeling of self-satisfaction. I mm. did that. Oh, yeah. good. Um, God's holiness, His perfection is... A part of that is his incredible love for us. Mm. So when when there was sin in the garden, what God had designed became less than what he, he intended. And he went to every length possible to reinstate what he originally designed. Yeah. And send it, uh, to, to the point of sending a part of himself to experience all the gunk and junk yeah. of earth and die for us in Jesus so that we could come back into that relationship for eternity. Mm. That's, that's just incredible. And, um, yeah. and that's who God is. He's not a distant God. He's, uh, you know, yeah. he's there in us, compelled by his love for us. Yeah. And that's that I, I love that you brought up the fall with Adam and Eve, because we often talk about, you know, obviously we emphasize the crucifixion. We emphasize the sacrifice right. of Jesus. And within that, you can see 
a lot of God's attributes. You see his love, his justice, his mercy, his wrath, and all of that is on the cross. And I think you also see it in the garden Mm -hmm. because Adam and Eve were told, if you do this, your punishment is death. Mm -hmm. And we like to kind of skirt around that by saying, well, maybe maybe he meant just spiritual death, which I think is is part of it. Right. But I think he meant you will die die. if you do this. Mm -hmm. And you see the mercy of God and that he delays that punishment so that he can bring about Jesus reconciliation through that yeah. like that you see God's justice because they do get what they deserve you see God's mercy because he delays what they deserve you see God's grace you see God's love you see his imminence you see his transcendence like it's just so cool to see all of yeah. that and that's that's part of what I, I want to pass off to you Chris I'll give you a hard question Ah, I was ready to pray and be done right there. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I feel like we should, should sing a sing hymn and, just as I am and uh-huh. <laughs> go forward. Yeah, um, I think in God, we you tend to see churches kind of gravitate toward one side of the attribute or another mm. because there are these seemingly conflicting attributes in God. You have his justice and his mercy, and you have his wrath and you have his love, and all of those are true at the same time. Sure. So how how do we get a right view of God where we don't just gravitate and say, well, God is all love or, well, God is just justice and wrath because that's who he is. Yeah, this might be awfully simplistic, but I'm just going to employ the father concept again. I'm going to I'm going to lean into that because as a parent, when I say father, father and mother, it's interesting because the Bible uses both terms of God. We we we, uh, he always calls himself male and father, but Psalms uses uh, um, mothering imagery. Yeah, nurturing. Yeah. Uh, And even uses the word like a mother. But um. But as a parent, you're not just, I mean, if you're all love all the time, your kids are going to end up in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're all wrath all the time, your kids are going to end up in jail. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just my end of like, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, your, your kids will be mad. So yeah. you're not all or one, you're, you're many different components. And then even as a parent, you know, working with your kid or whatever, that, that role changes. Well, I want to be careful because I'll end up in some heretical. <laughs> now we're, if we're comparing God to his roles changing. But, yeah. but there are seasons when, um, you know, I was much more a dictator to kids. When they're little, you can tell them what to do because they need to be told what to do. And then there comes a point where you become more of a coach. Mm. So then you're helping them along and putting them in the game and pulling them back. And then there comes a season where you become a cheerleader because they're adults now making their own decisions and you're just you know, cheering them forward. So I just, I just use all that, not to say that God is all those things, although that might be true, but, but I think that we do have frameworks where we are, um, are different components depending on the time, the moment, what's called for. Um, and just because I'm disciplining my child doesn't mean I'm any less loving Mm. or because I'm just goofing with my kid, meaning I'm any less disciplinarian. So that is that help. I don't know if that's helpful at all, but that's how I think, I think it does. Any response on, on this side of the table? I, I was just going to say, I think the cool thing is that God knows us, mm. and he knows what posture he needs to take with us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go through crisis, and we're, um, and, and we're just a mess. And I think at those times, God is his most tender. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And there are other times that we think we've got everything under control, and God either directly or indirectly allows us to experience a tremendous amount of pain because we need we need to think it's not all about me mm. um, and it's because he knows us and he loves us that he does that yeah I, I, I love the stories in the scripture and and especially Old Testament 
you know, so as you're talking about sometimes allows us to go through pain in our, our pride, our hard heartedness, that's a season for Job. I mean, he is, he, he's, he's the one saying, you know, put the gloves on, come on down, God, let's box this out. And God's like, okay, <laughs> you know, so that moment, but then, yeah, so all those descriptors are seen in these yeah. stories. Uh, yeah. And so, so important that we spend time just soaking in uh, the Bible, yeah, just spending time in it. And I'm a story guy. I think in stories, I mean, I think in pictures, I speak in stories. So for me, stories are so uh, relevant and helpful in, in just, not learning facts about God, which is cool, but mm-hmm. like just, I don't know another term than soaking in. Yeah. Soaking in who yeah. he is and his character and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's great. Uh, any closing thoughts, closing words? I think the, as you're talking about all the characteristics and attributes of God, mm. the only way you can sum up how they all work together is with the phrase I am. No, oh, here we are. Oh, was yeah. a good loop. Nice. It's just, it's full circle. It, yeah. all, it yeah. really goes all the way back to that's why God said I am because yeah. only he can be all of those things mm-hmm. right, yeah. perfectly balanced together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a great way to close it. So hopefully it helped answer some questions. I'm sure it brought up more. I know it did for me. It, every time we talk about it, it's like, gosh, there's so much. Uh, it just reveals like the sliver of understanding that we have yeah. of, of who God is. Um and he's still there with us, leading mm. us along, which is cool. Mm. So hopefully it was beneficial to you. Um, if it was, uh, share it with some friends, share it with family, um, continue the conversation. If you have other questions, other topics that you want to be addressed, you can submit a question in the North Point app. You can talk to us in person because we're real people. <laughs> can we get can we get suggestions for what to call this? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and please help us name it so that I can have a smoother intro from now on <laughs> rather than stumbling through whatever that was at the beginning. <laughs> Uh, but man uh, thank you guys for your time thanks for talking through it Um, and thank you for tuning in and we will see you whenever we do this again yeah (laughs) 